the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Sometimes the Lord will put us in a situation that we would never choose for ourselves. Sometimes the Lord puts us in a situation that we try to avoid. We can tell you several reasons why it's bad for me to be in this situation. But the Lord puts us in that situation. The Lord says to us, come on, let's go to the other side. And we, and we say, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute, I, I, we, we, I don't go to the other side. There are many stories we read in the Bible where certain people are in situations that are less than ideal. As people, we tend to gravitate towards safety and security because we fear the unknown and our ability to handle it. Many times, God will bring people into situations where they are not comfortable so that they may experience Him in a new way. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing about the many different situations that God places His people in and how He uses them to sanctify us. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. It's all heathen over there. It's all pagan. It's all unclean. We don't go over there to that side. The second reason they did not go to the other side is because during the winter months, it was too dangerous to travel across the Sea of Galilee. During the winter months, uh, powerful windstorms would come off the Golan Heights to the east of the Sea of Galilee. So these windstorms would come off the Golan Heights during the winter months, and they would come down upon the Sea of Galilee without warning. And so you could have this powerful storm, this windstorm that would just come down, and they could have winds as high as a Category 1 hurricane. Now, in in the movies, I know in the movies, this storm on the Sea of Galilee is usually depicted as like this terrible rainstorm with lightning and thunder and dark clouds. It's not a rainstorm. It's a windstorm. It's terrible watching these things with me because I, t- I can't take it, right? And I, I'm like, just shut it off. It's not a rainstorm. It's a windstorm. And my wife is like, can you just enjoy? It's not accurate. But it's just, a, it's a, it's, there's no rain. There's no thunder. There's no lightning. It's a windstorm that comes down off of the Golan Heights, off of those mountains, and it drops down on top of the Sea of Galilee. In fact, if you look down at verse 26, it says Jesus rebuked the wind. It's a windstorm. Both Mark and Luke's Gospels describe it as a windstorm. Luke chapter 8, verse 23, if you want to jot that down, Luke eight twenty-three says, a windstorm came down on the lake. That's exactly what happens. 
wind comes down off the Golan Heights and comes down onto the Sea of Galilee. Again, hurricane force winds. You know, so you can have sunny skies, flat, calm seas, and then suddenly one of these windstorms drops down on the sea. In 1992, there was a windstorm that came down upon the Sea of Galilee. It had winds in excess of 60 miles an hour, and it created 10-foot seas. In a moment, flooded the city of Tiberias. And these storms happen in, like, the winter months. So during the winter months, fishermen stayed close to shore in case of windstorms. They wouldn't cross the Sea of Galilee. So picture the scene here, as we saw back up in verse 18, huge crowds of people are pressing against Jesus, coming to Jesus, and Jesus turns to his disciples, and he commands them, saying, we're going to the other side. And I would bet his disciples said, what did he just say? Did he say we're going to the other side? We don't go to the other side, especially not this time of year. We're not going over. What is he talking about the other side? Listen, give me your attention. Sometimes... The Lord will put us in a situation that we ourselves would never put ourselves in. Sometimes the Lord will put us in a situation that we would never choose for ourselves. Sometimes the Lord puts us in a situation that we try to avoid. We can tell you several reasons why it's bad for me to be in this situation. But the Lord puts us in that situation. The Lord says to us, come on, let's go to the other side. And we, and we say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I, I, we, we, I don't go to the other side. I've never been to the other side. I don't want to go to the other side. I like this side. I'll go anywhere you want me to go on this side over here. You, you tell me where to go over here. I'll stay over here. I'm happy to go. But I don't want to go to the other side. I, I, I'm afraid of the other side. The other side scares me. And why does God do this? Why does God take us to the other side of the sea, so to speak? Well, in the Old Testament, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he immediately brought them out of slavery in Egypt into the wilderness, into the desert. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, Moses tells the children of Israel why God brought them into the wilderness. He said, the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And this was the purpose. And this is why God takes his disciples to the other side. To know them, to test them, to see what is in their heart, whether they would keep his commandments or not. And so too with us. God God will put us in a situation. God will put us in a trial that we would never choose for ourselves, that that we try to avoid. He will put us into that trial that's very uncomfortable for us, a trial that we don't want to go into, a place we don't want to go to, and he does it to know what is in our hearts and to see whether we will keep his commandments or not. Will we trust him in the trial? Will we believe him? Will we still believe his word when we get out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee and a storm arises? And there's waves and there's wind. And there's and there's water swamping the boat. And we think. I'm sinking. I'm not going to survive this. Will we still believe his word? 
That's what this whole trip to the other side was really all about for the disciples. Will they believe the words of Jesus? Will they trust him even when a storm arises and it looks like they're going to sink? And they're not going to get through it. Will they trust him? And so verse 23. Look at verse 23. Now, when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him and notice suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with waves. But Jesus was asleep. Mark's gospel tells us he was asleep on a pillow. He brought a pillow with him on this trip. (laughs) So you've got Jesus asleep and the disciples panicking. What a contrast. Now, sleep in the Bible is often used as a picture of someone who is at peace. Uh, Psalm 4, verse 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And here's Jesus asleep. He's got perfect peace in the middle of a storm because his mind is stayed upon the father. Jesus said, I only do what the father tells me to do. So apparently the father told him, go to the other side. And he has perfect peace while the disciples were panicking because their minds were on the storm. Their minds were on the wind and the waves. You keep your mind on Jesus Christ, you'll have peace. You keep your mind on the trial and you're going to panic. Verse 25 now. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful? O you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Jesus said, they're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. But they had little faith in his words. They get out in the middle of the sea, storm comes, and they think we're going down. But Jesus said, we're going to the other side. That's what his word says. He didn't say we're going out to the middle and we're going to die this horrible death. Or, I, you know, I can only get you about halfway across. And then you guys are going to have to figure it out from there. And we're going to the other side. And they had little faith in his word. We should have great faith in his word. Great trust in his word. And so he arose. He rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. Verse 27. So the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? So this storm has left the disciples with this question. Who can this be? Now, the Old Testament tells us that God has authority over the winds and the waves. Psalm 89, verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord, your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. The Lord God has authority over the sea. And so this storm now, who could this be? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 33, you don't have to turn there. The disciples get stuck in a second storm. Jesus once again calms the storm. And the second time, have you ever noticed how God will put you in a trial and then he'll put you in another trial? It's very similar to the first trial. You know, it's kind of like storm 101 and storm 102 now to see if you've learned. Have you made any progress here in your faith? Well, in the second storm now, after he calms the storm, Matthew 14, 33, it says that, The disciples worshipped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. 
they answered their question from the first storm. Who can this be that even the winds and the waves obey him? Truly, he's the son of God. They're making progress. So now verse 28. They come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes or the Gadarenes. And there met him two demon possessed men. The other gospels focus on one of the demon possessed men, but there were two. Coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. The other Gospels tell us that these two demon-possessed men come running up to the boat. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. As they're getting out of the boat, it says they came out of the tombs. They're living in the tombs, which cemeteries were considered unclean by the Jewish people. They're demon-possessed. They're unclean. The other Gospels also tell us they were naked. You've got two naked, demon-possessed men running up to you as you're trying to get out of the boat. Tie it off. Whoa, 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 whoa. Other Gospels tell us they had been cutting themselves. So they're bloody. The other Gospels also tell us that the people in that area had attempted unsuccessfully to restrain them. And so now everyone just stays away from that area. Just don't go over there. And avoids them. And I would imagine it's at this point that the disciples thought, this is why we don't come over here. (laughs) Right? How do you tell Jesus, I told you so, right? (laughs) And suddenly, notice verse 29, suddenly they cried out. The other gospels tell us it's the demons that are crying out. It's not the two men, it's the demons within them that they're possessed by crying out. Other gospels tell us the demons' name were legion. A legion was 6,000. So they have a lot of demons. And the demons say, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Notice the demons acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, even the demons believe in God. So it's not enough just to believe in Jesus Christ. Demons believe in Jesus Christ. You have to put your faith in Jesus Christ and in his death on the cross for your sins and his resurrection from the dead to be saved. That's the difference between us and demons. Not just that we believe in Jesus, but that we put our faith and trust in him and live for him. Notice also the demons know one day that Jesus will judge them in verse 29. Have you come here to torment us before the time? They know that there is a time limit. Now, a good way off from them were a herd of many swine feeding. The other uh, Gospels tell us it was 2,000 swine. And so the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. 
This is where we get deviled ham from, right here, right? <laughs> and look at verse 32. Look what Jesus says. Don't, don't miss, you read past this stuff and you don't even consider it. He said, go. He's not going through some big ritual and ceremony and pray, long prayer. And he doesn't have to do that. He has total authority over the spirit realm. Go. That's it. You say that to your kids and they don't do it. You have to say, I said go. Right? You have to say it a couple. It's just for him, though. There's such authority here, such power. Go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine And suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. They did a swine dive. I got a whole bunch of these for you today. (laughs) Now watch verse 33. Then those who kept them fled. And they went away into the city. The nearest city there is the city of Hippos or Susita, a Roman city one of the Decapolis cities. And they told everything to the people in that city, including what had happened to the demon-possessed man. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. Now think about it. This whole city has been trying to deal with these two demon-possessed men for, for years. They finally have just said, just stay away from where they live. Just avoid them. And so now Jesus has delivered these demon-possessed men from their demon possession. The other gospel says that the demon-possessed men were clothed and seated and in their right mind. That's what it says. That's what Jesus does to a person. Clothed and seated and in their right mind. And you would think the people of that city would come out and at least shake Jesus' hand and just thank him. But instead, look what it says. The whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. Please leave. The people wanted pigs more than they wanted Jesus. The people wanted their pigs more than they wanted people healed and delivered and made in their right mind. And the sobering thing here is when when they asked Jesus to leave, Look at verse 1 of chapter 9. He got into the boat and left. He, he didn't even try to convince them. Jesus will not stay where he is not wanted. So he leaves. He goes back across the Sea of Galilee. And oh, by the way, when they go back across, there's no storm. Now, Turn with me over to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Now, Mark's gospel focuses on, on just one of the demon-possessed men. But there's, there's more to this story here that Matthew doesn't include, that Mark does include, that I want you to see. Mark chapter 5, verse 17. The same story here. Then they began to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. Verse 18. And when he got into the boat... He who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. So that one, one, at least one of the demon-possessed men who had been demon-possessed came up to Jesus and said, can I go with you? And the disciples are saying, please say no, please say no, please say no, right? Look at verse 19. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, look what he says, go home to your friends. I love this. Go home to your friends 
and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. And so verse 20, he departed and he began to proclaim in Decapolis, all those pagan Roman cities in that whole region, all that Jesus had done for him and all the people marveled. Now, he's this guy. Listen, he's the only believer in all of the Decapolis. A deeply pagan area. He's the only missionary there. And he doesn't have a Bible. He doesn't know theology. He doesn't know doctrine. He doesn't even have gospel tracts to hand out to people. All he has is his own personal story of what Jesus Christ did for him. And if anybody asked him a question about theology or do you believe this? Do you believe that? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is I was a crazy demon-possessed man that nobody could get a handle on. And then I encountered Jesus, and he put me in my right mind and saved my life. And so he goes around now sharing his story. Now, how many of you remember Paul Harvey on the radio? Remember how he, was, he would always end his show with that segment, The Rest of the Story? Remember that? Matthew 15. Later in his ministry... Jesus returns back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. He goes back over there to the Decapolis area. Matthew chapter 15, Mark's gospel also has this passage, and Mark specifically tells us he goes back to the Decapolis. Here it is in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. Then Jesus departed from there. He's up in Tyre and Sidon at this point, way up in the north. And he skirted the Sea of Galilee. Again, he goes into the Decapolis, Mark's gospel tells us. So he goes back to that area. He went up on the mountain and sat down there. Look what it says, verse 30. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. How do these people know about Jesus? That one guy. And now Jesus comes back and he's back. The same guy they chased off and said, please leave. We don't want you here. He comes back. And now everybody's coming out with their sick, with their lame, with their blind, with their mute, with their maimed and many others. And they're just laying them down at Jesus feet and he healed them. And and the the Greek here is kind of like they're just they're just dropping people at his feet. And he's just healing them and healing them and healing them as he's going through this crowd. Just boom, 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 just healing all these people. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking and the maimed made whole and the lame walking and the blind seeing. And look what it says at the end of verse 31. Don't miss it. And they glorified the God of Israel. They're on the other side. They're Roman pagans. They've got other gods. They don't worship the God of Israel. They don't worship the God of the Jews. People on the other side of the Sea of Galilee worship the God of Israel. But they're worshiping and praising God. The God of Israel. The God who's the God of the people that live on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. That's the rest of the story. With this demon possessed man. Listen. One person. Can make a difference. And if you're here, man, I don't know that much about the Bible. I don't know many Bible verses. What if somebody asks me a question that I can't answer? And just tell them what Jesus has done for you. And that can have a tremendous impact on people. He asked-
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.